go. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR, Naylor Taliaferro, and I am pumped because I am here today on the phone with Britt with Lawn Care Leaders Podcast and also your, what's the name of your business, Britt? My name is Britt, and the, the company I run is Green Again Lawn. Green Again Lawn. There it is. I didn't want to mess it up, so uh, I was I was waiting for you to say that. So how's it going, Britt? Oh, it's going, man. It's going. It's uh, Things are great out here in Kansas City. We've got our crew back at Green Again Lawn, the, the Lawn Care Leaders brand with, with the podcast and everything we have going on with that community and the content we put out is, has been fun. It's been, been a lot of fun to see business owners grow this, this off season. Yeah, for sure. So what, um, what do you guys normally do like this time of year? Uh, you know, you're in Kansas City. It's it's probably a similar client climate as to, you know, us here in central Virginia where there's, there's, you know, not, not tons of snow, but the grass isn't really growing. Like just kind of like, it's almost like a transition type area. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's hit and miss. Uh, my wife and I, we opted years ago not to get into snow removal. It was at the time we were strapped for cash and it was a, a big fat question mark on the return on investment. And I'm, I'm all for risk, but I like to be able to see the return out in front of me or at least have the job sold. And so we chose not to invest in it. And luckily for us, and it didn't snow for four years in, in Kansas City wow. after that. So it was a good decision. But yeah, yeah to, to answer your question, our team, we, we specialize in fertilizing and weed control. So we'll stop about December 15th, and then our entire team gets four weeks off for Christmas, New Year's, and then, and then they come back mid, mid-January and nice. start doing personal growth stuff, leadership stuff, continuing education, pesticide license. And then me personally, what I, uh, I take a week off for Christmas, a vacation sometime throughout the year, but our, our Lawn Care Leaders podcast and the coaching and consulting we do is going to be pretty busy year-round. Yeah. What do, do these, do the guys get paid for that four weeks off? Is it, is it all kind of worked into the plan as far as like, like paid time off? Like how do they, do they know that when they get hired? Like take us through that whole process. Our guys, when, when I first started, well, to answer your question outright, yes, they get paid through the winter. Okay. And all of our guys are base salary. Oh, okay. They're incentivized with an end, they're incentivized with an end of the year bonus. And then they also get 10% commission on any new sales. So that's new sales to uh, just pulled leads, door knocking, brochures that they put out. And then that's also 10% commission on up sales to existing clients. And man, I had, so we'll be coming up on our 10th year for green again really quickly. And before that, I, I still did a mowing and landscaping company. And then just rebranded as, as green again, but green again specifically was 10 years. And let's see the first five years I had to take a winter job and mm. I worked, I worked at Cabela's. I worked at Costco, the graveyard shift. I actually got fired from Costco Oh man! and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, worked two winters flipping houses. So I did rental properties, flipped some houses. And then one of the funniest ones I, was uh, FedEx. So I was a driver during FedEx's peak time, uh, peak season. Yeah, peak time. Yeah. And they asked if I had prior like CDL experience or driving a big truck. And I was like, "Well, I've got a lawn care company." And they're like, <laughs> "Well, do you do you have commercial driving experience?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I drive commercially for my for my la- landscape company." <laughs> Somehow that got my brother and I in the door. Nice. And uh, yeah, we've got some good stories. But through all those times, were, were you were you solo? Is, were you solo in those first five years where you got all those jobs over the winter, or you you had you had employees at? I, I it was just me spring, but it was my wife and I doing everything. Gotcha. So we didn't have kids at the time, so my wife would literally be in the truck with me. She would help me send invoices. She was helping with social media. My wife was going door to door 
my wife was putting out brochures just like we do today. Um, and then when we had our first kid, uh, obviously that's the most important job in the world. And so she wanted to stay home and and we, we made that, made that work. But through all those times, when I was fired at Costco, when I was working FedEx jobs, I just promised myself, I was like, I'm going to build a company that when I hire guys, they can be proud of the career they have. And, and we're going to make enough margin where we can keep them on board in the winter and they don't have to be worried about, oh, am I going to be let go and have to take an employment and go, go find a temporary winter job? You know, I just promised myself, I'm, I'm going to run things differently. Even if we take a hit on margin, we're going to bring in good guys who want to be here, who align with our vision, and, and we're going to figure out a way to make that work because this sucks. I don't, we can't do snow removal. I don't want to do snow removal. And I don't want my team having to go through this pain that I'm, I'm going through currently. Yeah, for sure. When, when you, uh, real quick, when you were saying your wife also helped you with social media, did you mean like for, for marketing for your business, social media? You didn't mean yeah. like connecting yep. with the community yep. like now or anything. It was more just about marketing your company, right? Yeah. Just about marketing green again. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Yeah, well, that that that's a great, uh, you know, some great visions. I I, I know um, and goals. You know what you were saying, and, and not wanting to have to, you know, do those things again, and and, and have a, a place for you know a team and everything. And I know when I was working, I worked at UPS briefly, not driving the truck. I was the helper, you know, like sitting in there a couple years back, and that that was interesting. But you know, I, yeah. I kind of I'm good to I, one of my skills, I think, or or strengths. Uh, one of my strengths, I guess, is, is adapting and learning. That was always a thing in, my, in retail management when you'd like go through all the stuff and rate your th- yourself and work on this and the other thing. And adapt and learn was one of those things that I guess was always a strength of mine because I could just kind of fit in where I need to fit in. You know, I could go with the flow. I could adapt, learn, yeah. do, do what I got to do to survive type thing. So, I mean, you know, whether I'm working at UPS, sitting in a, in a UPS truck on that crazy little, what you call a seat, half seat, you know, running around like crazy for however many months or in the freezing cold or I'm working like my first year in lawn care after quitting retail management of after over 15 years and being solo, starting out solo, just like yourself. Um, the first year I had no, no winter income because I just, I didn't have it all figured out yet. And I mean, none of us really probably still have it figured mm-hmm. out. We're always learning and evolving, or at least we should, um, to keep, keep growing. But I really didn't, you know, I had no money because everything just kind of kept going back into the business and paying the bills. I didn't know anything about saving up any money. I didn't even have any opportunity to save any money. Cause it was just like kind of running and gunning and building the business as quickly as I could that, that first year full time after quitting retail. So I was like, what am I going to do over the winter? And I worked for Amazon at their fulfillment center. You know, we have a couple of them here in the Richmond area. So I, that was like my first, those are my only two winter jobs. Like, you know, in between that and UPS, I saved up money, you know, I had a winter fund and I, and I was able to leave, live off of that throughout the winter in between all the odd jobs that I would kind of do like a lot of us do. Um, but as solo, you only have a, you know, a few of them here and there versus when you have, you know, double or triple the amount of clients, you end up with double and triple the amount of odd jobs that can fill a schedule for the rest of your team if you if you have one. So I kind of figured all that out in between there. But when I was working at Amazon, I, the point is I, I was thinking the same thing you were like, I don't ever want to have to do this again. This is ridiculous, you know, and all that yeah. stuff. So then I, I ended up working at UPS a couple of years ago, which was several years after that Amazon thing. And, and I told myself, I don't have to work at UPS, but you know, if I want to keep growing and I want to buy a new truck and I want this and the other thing. And, and like I had, you know, my part-time employees that I had that first year that I went into the winter and working at UPS, I'm like, you know, they both left for different reasons <clears throat> way before that, which kind of helped because I didn't have enough work anyway. But at the same time, now I had to kind of start from scratch and find new people in the spring. And so I just had a lot of things going on. And I'm like, well, I want to save up money. I want to, you know, I had the winter savings, but I also wanted to make additional money so that I could just keep going forward and get a truck and start reinvesting in the business mm-hmm. and hit, hit the ground running. And, you know, my wife was like, aren't you going to be yep. bored and all that? You, you know how, how it goes probably. And I'm just like, ah, so I, I just yep. kind of bite the bullet and work for UPS. But again, just like at Amazon, it was another wake up call for me to be like, man, what, what am I doing? Like, why did I do this? I could have been doing so many other things like strategically planning things in my business, doing, making, you know, content on YouTube, you know, what, whatever it is, like everyone's got something, you know, something else in addition to their business or just 
double, triple down on your business. And I was just like, I, I should have done that. Yeah. And, and the whole time we're driving through neighborhoods, I see all the guys out there, you know, uh, it's on different side of town was, was the route, the driver that I was with. So it wasn't like I saw any of the local guys that I know um, in the industry, but so I, I saw other companies, which is kind of cool, but they're all out there getting after it, doing something, whether they're cleaning up this, cleaning up that, blowing leaves, pruning this and that. And I'm like, man, what the heck am I doing? I should, I should be doing this, man. These guys are just getting after it. And I was, it was yeah. really like, it was getting to me and, and, and it got me fired up. So I say to everyone that me working at UPS for that short time, even though I didn't technically have to, and I definitely didn't make nearly as much money as I would have had I gotten work, you know, lawn and landscape work, but I just didn't have it. So, but that put a new lit, a new fire yeah. inside of me to really focus on how do I restructure my business so that I have more year round work, even though it's difficult and challenging in this, in this area, this climate, in this region, how do I find these guys are doing it? How do I figure that out for myself so that I can keep him? So not only that I can have the work for myself and for the company, but also keep employees through the winter and so on. So that really, really catapulted me to that too. So I just say all that just to share in, yeah, well, in your thinking, you know, what you were saying about learning from those experiences. So uh, so anyway, bat, no, bat, but I, I yeah, agree. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree. And I, I don't think that there should be any shame in, in going and working those, those jobs. I'm, I'm a big believer in margin. I believe one of my favorite things to talk about is how to increase margin in every way of every area of your life. I believe margin is the space that you create to take opportunities of advantage that is opportunities that you can't yet see. So margin is the space, take advantages of opportunities that you can't yet see. And so you have to create that. And when you're just starting off, your time is cheap. So you have to do things to leverage your time. You don't have money, so you're, you're trading time for dollars. And unfortunately, that's what you have to do. You have to go, sometimes you have to go get a J-O-B to then make more money which then lever like gives you some cash that you can now go leverage to do other things. It would have been stupid of you in those early years to solely produce content, in my opinion. But we have to first start off as doers. We have to be good at our job. We have to learn the craft. We have to be good at the technical skill before we can then go and talk about it, before we can then go and get strategic. You have to start at that very grassroots level. And that's, that's what we were all doing. And and the other thing is guys out there need to get angry. They need to get afraid. Those are not bad feelings. Those are not bad emotions. When you feel anger because of your current situation, let that feed the fire inside of you. Whenever you feel afraid, whenever you feel fear, I've, I've uh, talked about this a lot with one of my mentors. Um, business owners like to use the word anxious or anxiety. That just means you feel afraid. Right. Use fear, use anger to fuel your fire. We all have those intersections. For me, I can picture at Costco, I had just went an entire off season working for these people over the graveyard shift, which if you've ever worked the graveyard shift, nobody there is happy because yeah, that's what I did hours for, that you're... That, it, yeah, that's what I did for Amazon. So I know 100%. I worked okay. all the way till five in the morning. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yes. It was ridiculous. And, and nobody's happy. God intended it. Nighttime is for sleep. God right. intended right. it for you. You're going against the way God wired you. So yeah. nobody's happy. Right. You and, feel and like I a zombie. I wasn't or happy. Something. But <laughs> yes, yes. And they were playing the same pop songs on a loop. I literally thought oh. I was going to go crazy <laughs> and just drop kick a box of. Kellogg's across the floor, but uh, Robro comes up to me. His name's Matt. I hope one day he listens to one of my podcasts. Matt, he's on a power trip, general manager of this Costco branch, and anybody who is in retail knows the leadership is usually positional leadership. The people are not healthy leaders. They're not. They're not leading out of service. They're not leading out of example. They're not, they're not visionaries. They're, they're in a position of power and they've got an ego. And so he comes to me the day before, mind you, that I'm getting ready to be done for the season. <laughs> and so this shows you how little he cares about me. He goes, Brett, I don't think we're going to keep you on board full time. And I was like, great, Matt. My last day was tomorrow. 
I'm, I'm seasonal. Did you forget? And he's like, well, I think we're going to let you go. I was like, okay, well, do you want me to finish this shift? Do you want me to come in tomorrow? I think we're done here. I just walked out the door. And that was one of those moments where I got so angry, not at him, but at the situation, at the situation I was in, I knew he was an idiot the whole time. Right. The first day I took the job, I was like, I was like, this guy will be a handful, yeah. especially with my personality. Like I have a very entrepreneurial mind and I'm like, well, this is stupid. This is a corporate loophole. You know, this yeah. is a bottleneck in the company. Why do I have? So obviously I was going to butt heads with this guy. Uh, and it's the graveyard ship. So that is one thing that fueled me. And I, I was angry that I had to put myself and my family in that situation where I was relying on that. The next is a, is a little more funny, but it was FedEx. And I would have to come into FedEx at about five in the morning. And I was living in pale at the time. So, you know, you're waking up at about four o'clock, slamming some coffee, eating some breakfast, and then getting into FedEx by five. Well, when you get there, you're not being paid. You don't get paid until you start delivering a package. You're loading up your truck anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half it takes to load your truck. If you can just picture day in, day out, you're coming in, loading up your truck, and you're not getting paid a dime while you're there. And of course, I'm a seasonal guy, so I get the crappiest route, the crappiest truck, you're all the way at the end, nobody speaks to you, so I've just I've got Dave Ramsey in my headphones or Entree Leadership in my headphones, I've just got the world tuned out, and about Three quarters of the way through the season, I have my boxes loaded. I'm in this crappy truck. I fired the thing up. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's hit the road. Let's, let's, let's get our 115 stops in or whatever it is. You know, and it, when you when you hear that as a lawn carrier guy, you're like, 115 stops? Yeah, you're doing like over 100 stops per day. So I go out. I woo, swerve left, swerve right, and then hit the road. And as I turn right, my hundred and something packages all just fall off the shelf and cave in on me. So, and if you know anything about it, you know, but they have to be categorized. It's like a hundred. Oh gosh. Colon 20 a hundred. No. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Dude, it was bad. Yeah. My my driver would stop to reorganize because it was so frustrating when the guys loaded the truck incorrectly. He's like, Oh my gosh, I just need to, I just need five minutes here. Run these down the street while I reorganize this real quick. Like, so I can only imagine it ruined your whole day. Oh my gosh, bro. I was so, and that was another moment. I was so angry and, and and I, I literally let that stuff fuel me the rest of the year. And I was like, you know what? Any rejection that I get as I'm going door knocking, any no that I get, anybody that laughs at me, anybody that judges me as I'm going door to door, any of my friends that I graduated college with that judge me because, you know, I'm still wearing cut up jeans and I'm on a mower or I'm cleaning some guy's garage out for extra cash. I don't care. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And so in those nine to 10 months where I could bust it, I let those things drive me. And I truly think it's it's out of those situations, out of the anger, out of the fear. I, I always had a fear of of not winning as well. I, I never have a fear of losing, but I, I, I want to win. And so I let that drive me as, as, as well. And, and, I, and I believe that's what took us. I, I started on my own with my mom's purple minivan, a push mower. Went through college, put myself through college. When we got married, Brooke and I had 40 mowing accounts and zero loan application accounts. And, and we grew that steadily. To this day, we'll, we'll be on pace to hit 3,000 fertilizing and weed control accounts. Wow. And uh, it's, so, uh, it's so, a lot of it can be traced back to those moments where I was like, this is no more. I'm done with this. Absolutely. So two, two questions. Um one, when you, when you talk about, you know, you're, you're talking about your guys and, and, um, and sales and everything. So that, that made me just to put it into perspective for everyone that may not, that's listening, that may not understand the, the dynamic of a fertilization and weed control company. You know, you're talking about, about like a guy in, a, in, a, in, his, in his own truck, like his own fur truck, and he's out there, he's got his own route and he's selling, like picking up new accounts, things like that, right? Is that like the structure versus mowing? You usually, you know, might have one or two guys, you know, per truck and trailer or whatever. So is it, is that, am I right with that? 
Yeah. So we have each of our trucks just has what we call a turf route manager. And so they have their own route and they set their own schedule. They, they go out and spray the lawn. They send the chemical treatment, they invoice the client. And we also put a lot of the collection responsibility on them. So it's truly, we, we, we try to get them to take ownership of their route. And then also on top of that, we put, um, brochure benchmarks, marketing benchmarks they need to hit throughout the season. So March through May, we'll, we'll lower the production metric that we're holding them accountable to, but we'll up the amount of brochures that they need to be doing per day. And it's nice because that career mentality, that ownership mentality that we're looking for, you know, we give it to them. We, uh, we, hold them, we, we give them a lot of authority. We give them their assignment. But we also give them the uh, the authority on the opposite end of that to go out and, and fulfill those responsibilities. So what? And how many how many of those guys do you have are working for you right now? We are a team of what are we? We're ten right now, including myself, and then we'll have three what we call trainees or seasonal recruits this year, and we'll probably sell our way into the margins to keep two of those guys. Um, so we'll, we'll be right around a, a team of 12 total this, this season. Awesome. Um, I've got, so I myself is, am out of operations. I've got a, a COO, Yago. I've got an admin. So three of us are out of operations. And then I've got Sean who has a route, but he's kind of our, our general manager in training this year. So his route is kind of a cupcake route, so to speak. So the other question that I wanted to ask you about um, was what, when was the, wh- not when, I guess you, you kind of said that you, um, or maybe not, but when, when was the transition and why did you transition from, cause you started with mowing and everything. You said you had, you know, uh, zero fertilizing accounts um, at, at one point. When, when, when did that transition start and why? Just the transition from, from mowing to doing fertilizing yeah. and weed control. Is yeah. What you're yeah. 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 So, I did get a ton of help that, that a lot of people don't get because my father-in-law helped me on the technical skill side and chemical education side. So my wife, Brooke, her dad has been in the green industry for 30 plus years and has worked for chemical companies probably 25 or so of those years. And so he helped me with a lot of that training. So that was number one. Like I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I am today without him and his help for sure. And I, I probably don't give him enough credit for that. So that that's point number one. Okay. And then the more I got into it, the more he coached me along and the more I began to realize like, Hey, there's, there's some better profit margin on this side of the business and more professionalism. And, th- and those two go hand in hand, hand. And whenever you add a layer of technical skills, add a layer of professionalism, Profit margin is on the other side of that coin every single time. And so I just, I just began to see that. And I knew that's the business that I wanted to run. I knew I didn't want to be a one-stop shop. Um, I had already mowed. By the time I started green again, I'd already mowed for six years or so. I knew I wanted to eventually phase out of mowing. I didn't want to do landscaping. I wasn't, I wasn't naturally geared towards that. And so I just, I just kind of made up my mind. That's how I wanted to grow and scale my business. And that's what I wanted it to look like. And so I just set a plan to say, Hey, whenever we get to this many clients, we're going to start to slowly phase out of mowing and landscaping until we know we've got enough profit margin or that our family is, is taken care of. Does, does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to kind of dig in a little bit more about, you know, since, since you have a, a decent sized team, I mean, you know, decent is just a relative term, but you know, you have employees, right? You have a team is you're more than just being yeah, solo. Yeah. And I'm just really curious what, you know, your, your mindset and thinking about staffing and how you went about it. And, you know, just, just really kind of dig into whatever, um, trials and tribulations, challenges, you know, words of advice that you have about, you know, the whole journey, you know, and how long you've had employees uh, over the over the years. But I want to take a quick break and then we'll, we'll dive into that. Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine 
are family owned and operated and conveniently located in Midlothian, Virginia. They can provide you with the latest and best in outdoor power products to make your outdoor living more enjoyable. Combine this wide array of selections with their friendly and knowledgeable staff, and they're convinced Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine will become your only stop for all of your outdoor power needs. Go to terrysmallenginerepair.com or click the link in the show notes for locations and more details. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The ramp and dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the ramp rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. All right, we're back with Britt Dowd, and he's uh, sharing his his story, basically, of his lawn care business. We're going to get into um, some other things, get into his podcasting as well. But I want to start digging into staffing because, you know, he, he started out solo as well as uh, and now he has employees. So I just kind of, I'm always trying to selfishly learn myself because I have employees, but I'm always, you know, trying to learn and, and grow and, and find whatever um, helpful tips and tricks that I can, as well as sharing that with, with any of you out there listening that may be wanting to do the same thing or are currently in that, you know, that stage and maybe are looking for, for some for helpful advice and so on, some mentorship. So, so Britt, can you uh, take us down that road a little bit? Like, you know, how long have you had employees and, and what, what did that transition look like? And just kind of just really dive down into that as far as like your whole mindset with staffing your team. Yeah, man, I can, I can for sure do that. And I'll probably just Go off of what I've done wrong is kind of where I'll, I'll share my opinions because I, I think that's where the most value will be for, for your audience. My, my mindset with staffing is I knew, hey, for, for this to scale and to grow, the next step is going to be getting somebody else here with me that, that I can train, that knows you know, how I would respond to a client, what I would say. And so really my, my first hire I was looking for that right-hand man, and, and God really blessed me with that. He's still with me today. My, my very first hire, name is Tiago, and I mean, just a an outstanding guy. And I realize that doesn't happen for everybody, but, but God blessed me with that. And the two the two mistakes I would say, so here, here's what I'll do, and you, you hold me accountable on this because I want to make sure that I, that I touch on everything. But okay. I'll give you two mistakes, and then I'll, and then I'll also give you what I look for when hiring a key person. So not just a technician, but say you've got a crew leader that you want to hire for or your first general manager, or you want an admin that will literally stay with you for the life of the company. I want to, I want to go over what we look for with those. But mistake number one that I made is I completely underestimated the amount of communication that it would take after bringing somebody on board. And you may hear this a lot, like, you bring somebody on, they should just do what you tell them to do is, is kind of your thought. Everyone has heard that's not how it goes. But I, I, I just don't think people grasp truly how much communication it takes. And after something goes wrong, realizing that you as the leader, it's usually your fault. It was usually your responsibility to put in better systems or better training. And so number one was I completely underestimated the amount of communication that it was going to take. Number two is I sold the wrong thing. And what I mean by that is I was selling, I was trying to, I almost had this mentality of an apologetic mentality for being in the lawn and landscape industry. Like, Hey, come work for us. I, I know we just do lawn care, but look at our team. Look at our guys. We have fun. You can make some money and you'll, and you'll have winners off. And so I was just trying to sell benefits. 
and I was trying to sell that we have a good time. And I was trying to sell that you can sell that you're more than lawn care, but my point is don't be apologetic about it. You should never apologize about how you provide for your family. You should never apologize for the business that you're running, especially to somebody that you're getting ready to pay. That immediately starts you off on the wrong foot. Gotcha. It took me a long time to realize this. Yeah. And again, this may sound simple, but after six years, I looked up and I'm like, you know what? Like, we have something way better than what I'm pitching these new hires. We have, we have a vision. We have a mission. We have a purpose greater than just going out and making some money. And we have a purpose greater than just cutting it up and having fun with the guys. We, we, have, a, we have a purpose greater than just taking winters off. Our, our mission at Green Again is to grow, serve, and give. Grow our team, grow our clients, grow our profits so that we can serve our clients, serve our team, serve our community, and then we can give in those same capacities so we can give back to our team, give back to our clients, give back to our personal mission. And so that's what I realized. And that's where I made the switch, man. That, that's one of my main points here is I'll, I'll land the plane here for you. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Hey, it's a podcast. It's all about getting it all out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, I just, I don't want to, don't want to ramble, but that's what I began to try to sell whenever we were bringing somebody in. Like, Hey, here's what we're about. Here's why we're about it. Here's what we do on a daily basis to afford us margin so we can do those things. And I promise you, it's going to be more interviews. It's going to be harder. But your job as the leader is to always cast the vision. And the people that line up with those vision are going to be a higher caliber person. People that line up on the bus to chase down a vision for your company and your life are going to be way better people. And they're going to want to be there is the key. As opposed to the other bus where people are lining up for a paycheck. They won't tell you that's what they line up for. But when you sell incentives only, time off in the winter only, having fun only, here's the job, here's how you get paid, here's how you make more money only, that bus is very, takes a lot of pit stops. A lot of people get on and a lot of people get off. And I'm telling you, as the driver, you're going to get tired. And the, the, the better way to do it is drive the bus towards vision, drive the bus towards your mission, and, and sign people up for that bus. And that, for me, has been in huge the past three years. Yeah, that's that. That sounds awesome. Great advice for sure. And uh, yeah, don't don't worry, don't worry about rambling there. I, I didn't want to interrupt you before, but somebody um, <laughs> commented on one of my YouTube videos. You know, people randomly like discover you and then binge like your old videos, and you're like, great, you know. And then they're going to critique you on like a video from five years ago, and you've come so far. But you know, some <laughs> someone you know commented on some old video like, bro, you ramble too much, and I just commented, you should listen to me on my podcast. That's all I do. Laugh out loud. So <laughs> you know. You got to just give it back That's to the awesome. haters, you know, it's all, all in good fun. So oh, yeah. and he responded, laugh out oh, loud. Yeah. So I'm like, Hey, or maybe I got a new friend, That's you know, awesome. thanks for watching. Hopefully he's listening That's to the awesome. podcast now, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so oh, no, yeah. podcasting can, is all about I can rambling. ramble with the best of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's I can good. ramble with the best of them. Yeah. So what, um, the, oh, so I'm going to hold you accountable. What's the other, uh, you were going to say what you look for in a, in, in a team member or when you're, when you're hiring. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for holding me accountable. <laughs> no problem. Right, I'm so a professional here. I what, take notes. This is, <laughs> man, I like it. I like it. This is what I, this is what I have coined the success driver. And so this is what I look for whenever I'm going to invest time or money into somebody. And this is beyond just hiring a lawn technician. You know, if I've got a, if I've got a lawn technician who is humble, hungry, and smart, I'll hire them. I can teach them everything else. Are they humble? Are they hungry? And are they smart? Not, not did they go to the college smart, like, right. you know, do they know how to operate a piece of equipment and talk to Mrs. Jones with, <laughs> with politeness right. and, and kindness? Right. I'm, I'm looking for that. But past that, this is, I will invest money and time into this person every day if they've got what I call the success driver. So for your listeners, if they can just picture 
just kind of that that hazy scene where you're you're driving on like Route 66. You look out in front of you, and there's just like this little like like gassy fog out in the distance. And and you're you're driving this vehicle, this vehicle of business. And so you need a couple things for the success driver to happen. And there's there's four things that I'm going to outline that make your business vehicle push towards success. And if this guy has it, I'll invest him in, in him every time. The first is vision. They have to they have to have a vision for where they want to go, and they have to have a vision for where you want to go. That's your map. If if, if you think about driving on that road. If you don't know where you're going to go, you're you're gonna you're gonna end up there every time. You're, you're just like, oh, I don't I don't know if I'm here or not. If yeah. They have vision. That's their map. That's their roadmap. So that's number one. Do they have the vision that I share? Do they have vision for their life? Number two is work ethic. It's point blank, very simple. Do they have work ethic? Because this is the fuel. This is the gas that's actually going to drive the vehicle towards their vision. Number three is, do they have humility? And when I say humility, I don't mean like, are they shy and super humble and never brag on themselves? I mean, it's a, it's a person who is, has deep rooted values and deep rooted character. They're, they're the, the player on the team that they always want to win, but they, they're bringing others up with them. They're, they're, they're making sure everybody else wins with them. So do they have humility? And then do they have a high relational IQ? And this is trust. So every good relationship, every business transaction, every sale that is made is built on the foundation of trust. Trust is really the vehicle that, that this person is driving. Because at the very core... The, the wheels on the vehicle have to have trust. If you don't trust them, it doesn't matter if they have vision and work ethic and humility because now you're worried that they're driving towards a selfish vision. They've got a, a selfish map. So do they, do you trust them? Do they have a, a relational IQ as it, as it relates to building rapport with clients and the team? I know that's a lot to unpack, but very simply, the four for the success, success driver is vision, work ethic, humility, and a high relational IQ built on the foundation of trust. If they have those four, I'll, I'll invest all the money I have in them, and I can I can get I can look past a lot of nitpicky stuff, like somebody has a a weird quirk, or maybe they're they're chewing, or Maybe something happened in their personal life. I'll look past all of that if I if I know they have those four at the, the core. Yeah. How long did it take you to, to kind of develop that? You know those, those things that you're looking for. I think a decade, probably. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm still developing it. Nice. I may I may change something along the way, but I've just noticed you you have to have all you have to have a combo of all four. If they don't, the the vehicle is going to break down somewhere along the way. Like let's take the work ethic for example. Like if if they have vision and they're they're excited and and they're bringing people along with them, the humility piece, and they're building rapport with your clients, but then they fizzle out. Like after you know ten weeks of hard spring rush, well, that's not good. That, that's not a person that I want on my team. And then if they have work ethic and they're humble and they're a, a, a bit like have an ability to build rapport with others and communicate with others, but they have no vision and they can't see where we're going. I can't get behind that guy either. So it's funny. Like you'll, you'll just start to notice that there's a, there's a top 2% of income earners for a reason. It's because those are the people that find a way to get these people, the success driving people on board with them. Yeah. And, uh, it's very rare. You just, you gotta you gotta be on the lookout for it. Yeah. Do you have any um Do you have any crazy stories or interesting stories of of employees that that you're willing to share? With? You know, obviously, you don't have to share names. <laughs> oh my. Oh my gosh, bud. Yeah, I've got. <laughs> I've got some pretty. I've got some pretty bad stories. I, I've hired wrong so many times, and 
mishandled how I communicated with clients. And what sucks is I'm the type of leader. I believe you have to have, you have to have both accountability and appreciation. I'm always bent towards appreciation, which is like the relationship side. I want people to know I care about them first as a person, as a friend, and then we'll, we'll figure out the accountability on the backside. And because of that, you know, I've in the past, I've, I've worn my heart on my sleeve and have really good relationships with all these guys. And so when the accountability piece comes to play, it's hurtful or it's like a, it's like a parent, you know, when you're, your kids let you down, it's the worst thing in the entire world. And, And then when they make you proud, you're equally as pumped. Like it's the best thing in the entire world. Um, trying to think what, what stories I want to share. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can share real briefly, like I won't go into detail, but this, this past year, those 14 days when people were freaking out about the pandemic, yeah, I could have led our team better. I could have communicated with them better. I could have said, guys, I know you're scared. I'm scared too. Here's my plan. I mean, bud, we took, so we took, um, between January and then that 14 day run, uh, of pandemic scare when we didn't even know if we were going to be able to work and people were losing it. We took 160 cancels in like 30 days. Wow. So our team's freak, our team's freaking out. Our guys are freaking out. There's miscommunication happening. Um, we, we overhired. Uh, and then we were going to try to sell our way into the margins to keep everybody. I'm panicking. Um, and then I've got all my stuff going on in the background too. So my wife and I are trying to build a house in the background. We had just acquired a shop that came with two acres. So I had to put about 70 grand down on that. So, you know, I've got, I've got my money in the house. I've got my money in the new shop. I've invested my money back into my team. I've, I've gotten some new trucks. So I went to like zero on my bank account investing. And then I went all in even more. And so of course, when, when the pandemic hit, I'm, I'm panicking. And so I didn't lead really well through that. And we had during that 10 day stretch, we had, um, how did it start? A guy get fired and then a guy quit. And then another guy get fired and then another guy quit. And what sucks is we needed four people to leave probably just for our margins and, you know, how fat we were as a company because of, uh, taking cancels and me over investing. But, but the way it happened really hurt me. And I still cared about, I cared about two of the guys, the other two guys, they were new. I didn't really know them, but the other two, I had, I poured a lot into a lot of time, cared about them. Um, and, and I think my miscommunication, my, my downfall as a leader, I'm, I'm still young, I'm still learning, but uh, that would be the one story where I'm just like, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could do that over again uh, because, because those hurt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, I will, I will show, share this with you. This is a funny story. So one of those four, one of the guys that was new and I didn't really care about, <laughs> Just thinking about, uh, I have so many stories. Um, <laughs> just thinking about this, this is so absurd, bro. So absurd. So I hire this kid, and I was on the fence with him the whole time. Like, super nice guy, but he had never done any labor. Um, he never worked a job like this. He had he worked in coffee shops, and mm. if a bro bro works in a coffee shop, and that's like his main thing that he's proud of on his resume not knocking anybody that works at coffee shop, but that should raise a red flag for you in our industry. I love coffee. I, 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 I'm a, a latte fanatic, but I'm just saying, I don't want to get too far down that road and get myself in trouble, but right. you should, you should look into that. Like if that's their main resume builder is the coffee shop, they might not hoof it. But anyways, this guy gets into our system and I told him a hundred times, like, Oh, you're going to want to quit. This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. I swear to you for 10 weeks, you're going to hate me and you're going to hate your life. 
Are you sure you want to do this? He's like, yeah, well, set him of up course, for failure, man. Let's man. go. <laughs> oh yeah, I try to scare him out the door yeah. so hard because I know, I know without a doubt, half of them are going to quit. Right. We just go that hard during those ten weeks because everybody knows we have ten weeks, pretty much, to set your top line revenue for the entire year. Now, guys that do design build and irrigation, you'll get some random hits here and there, but those ten weeks, people care about lawn and landscape. They're making a decision. They're either going to go with you, go with someone else, do it themselves, or do nothing. So I tell everybody that, like, hey, you're you're going to struggle. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate your life. Tell your wife or girlfriend, hey, I'll see you in June. Uh, I've I've warned this kid, and (laughs) he gets behind on production. I call him. I'm like, hey, man, you doing all right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just behind. I'm struggling. I'm like, okay, well how are you doing on brochures? He's like, I haven't gotten any out. I'm like, Oh my gosh. By this time, it's like, it's like five o'clock. I'm like, okay, well I'll come help you. So I go over there. I'm like, how many, how many do you have you got out? He's like, I've got 10. I'm like, okay, well we got, bro, we got a couple hundred here to go. Hand me half your stack and I'll I'll help you get, get your numbers out. I'm going street lights kick on. We're putting, and, and mind you, this is last year. So I know people think, after 10 years of business, Brit is out of operations. You sitting pretty. No, I'm, I'm out there grinding just like you guys are. Streetlights kick on. I'm still putting our numbers out. And I look down at our map. We use something called Sales Rabbit. And I notice like, hey, I've done like 100 and something. But I don't see, I don't see Bro Bro's dots anywhere. So I call him. No answer. Call him. No answer. I text him. I'm like, dude, where are you at? He was like, oh, I'm at home. I'm like, bro, I've been out here busting it. He was like, I thought you were going to help me get my brochure numbers out. I was like, I was going to help you. Like, I was going to I was going to carry some of the weight with you. (laughs) Oh, man, Uh, I was I was hot. I was livid. And so then that next week, um, right before crap hit the fan, it was probably two in the morning. I wake up to go to the restroom and I look down and I've got three text messages. And they're pictures, and I can see his name on there. I'm like, oh boy, let's see what's going on here. Never check a text message at 2 a.m. on the toilet from an employee. So <laughs> I look down, open up my text message, and it is just throw up. It looks like he had eaten fruity pebbles and spaghettios, threw it up on the floor, and then sent me three pictures of it. Oh, and gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. And then underneath, he goes, hey, I think I'm sick. I'm not going to be in tomorrow. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy. So next day comes, I was like, okay, well, I mean, if he's sick, he's sick. And this is right before COVID. Like, that's fine. Then he sends me a text. He's like, hey, I'm pretty much, hey, I'm quitting. And I was like, okay, did we not warn you? Like, this was going to be hard. And then after that, this is where it got really, really funny. (laughs) Is he started calling me out as a Christian business owner. And so his, his lack of drive, his lack of work ethic, you know, the fact that he was quitting, he was trying to cover it up by calling me out because I'm a Christian. I run a faith-based company. I, I, I proclaim my faith in Christ. Um, and we don't make our team be Christians, but I say that to them when they onboard so they know that way they don't get freaked out when we're praying. Oh crap. What did I sign up for? Yeah. But, he starts calling me out as a Christian business owner, sending me these lengthy texts and verses and saying, you know, how can you call yourself a believer when you're, when you're putting your employees through this? You know, we're, we're, we're called by Christ, uh, da, 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 and he lists all these things. And it just got, it got weirder and weirder from there. So that's just, that's just one of the stories that I can share. And I'm sure guys out there can relate. We, we rarely get into stuff like that on the podcast, but, that was one of those funny moments where I'm like, oh, and yeah. my guys still give me a hard time to this day. If I, <laughs> if I ask them to do something or they'll be like, Hey, as a Christian business owner, are you, are you sure you want me to do that still? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that, oh, there's definitely a lot of interesting stories out there for sure. That's why I wanted to, wanted to, wanted oh. to see what, what, what you had for us. <laughs> um, but before we switch gears, there's one other thing I wanted to ask about, you know, what you were saying, what do you use yeah. any, uh, what hiring tools did you, or do you use, you know, like, uh, you know, Craig Craigslist or indeed or Facebook or, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, all the above. I, I don't have any secrets on that. We've always used Indeed. We tried Monster. We weren't really happy with that in, early on, but we used Indeed, um, used Craigslist, used Facebook. Now when we use Facebook, we just make sure we do it, and then we have each of our team members share the job posting so it goes to their personal page. No, no tricks there. The main thing is I'm always hiring. I'm always communicating. Our social media is structured to where we're never trying to sell what we do. We're just showing people. We're showing that we have fun. We're, we're tagging our team members. And so we're really trying to develop our network in the community so that when somebody thinks, oh, lawn care, they think green again lawn. Um, and when they see me or they see Tiago or they see Sean, they think green again lawn. So we're always branding what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. So that that helps us some. And then outside of that, I would say after we got more than three team members was when it got a little easier because then you can start to lean on their networks. And when you have three good, just absolute killers, they're going to run around with other quality people. So we're always leaning on them. And so our our two new hires from this year, the, the two out of the three trainees, actually, no, take that back because another guy just signed on from from a referral from one of our team members so all three out of three of our new trainees this year are direct referrals from three really good guys on our team yeah i've 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 heard that a lot too it's you know you get your best employees from your best employees so that's kind of goes but the hardest thing is is getting those best employees you know to to start off with that's i think that's where you got to really put the hard work in and then once you do that it's take care of those good employees so that they can you know find you more good employees you know and you just keep keep going with that so um but yeah thanks thanks for sharing so just switching gears here before we wrap things up um podcasting when 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 and why did you get into podcasting what what was what's the story behind that when and why so it would have been three years ago now, but the first year was very hit and miss. My my business was still still required a ton of my time at Green again, but I got into it simply. I love I love small business. I love personal growth. I love leadership, and I was hitting that point in my business three years ago where I had all the technical skills. I was good at doing the job, but I looked up and I realized, like, oh shoot, I'm I'm leading a team. I have guys that are, are banking on me for a paycheck to provide for their family. And I just started looking for answers within our community to help me with my personal growth, help me with my leadership, to help me with my communication. And I wanted small business advice in our niche market. And I looked around and there wasn't, there wasn't that much. Um, I, I, I didn't hop on YouTube at the time or anything like that. I was a big podcast guy because I was on the mower or the Z spray 24 seven, but I just didn't see a lot. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start this and I'm going to start putting out content that I've learned and I'm going to start interviewing people to educate myself selfishly. And if I'm learning something, maybe somebody else will. So that's, that's literally how it started and why it started and, and when was about three years ago. And then, um, last year was, was the first year that we've really ramped it up. So 2019, I started doing a little more um, just in my spare time. Last year, I really had really poured the gas on probably like midsummer last year. Um, and then now to the point where we're, we're putting out an episode every day, Monday through Friday. Nice. And what, what do you focus on on your uh, like what are most of your topics for your episodes? Is it like solo where you're talking about different philosophies and, and business tips or do you have guests or a combination of the two? Yeah. So we have, we have a combination and, and right now we're, we're kind of trying to dial in on, on what our audience really wants and really needs. As you know, man, it's, it's always a balance between, you know, entertaining content that, that people want to consume balanced with practical education. You know, it's one thing to consume the content, but are, are people getting actionable steps that will help them grow their business? And so we're, we're trying to hold that balance. So for example, right now we do what's called a growth nugget and a growth segment. So the growth nugget is just a bite-sized piece of business advice that we drop on Mondays. It's usually me unpacking something like 
a mindset topic or something quick on cash flow or something to think about as you go into the new year, stuff like that. And it's under 15 minutes. The growth segment is with my business partner on the coaching and consulting side, Zach. Um, he's a virtual CFO. He does financial reporting for all of our lawn care leader clients that do coaching and consulting. And we dive deep on, it could be a topic within finances. It could be a tax topic, S-Corp versus LLC. Or again, it could be a leadership topic. It could be how to increase margin, um, or it could be how to time block your calendar so that you're increasing time with your family, increasing productivity. That's a, that's a growth segment. Um, and then Tuesdays and Wednesdays right now, we call it everyday business. So we have a couple of our clients that we're kind of chronologically going through their, their months with them. And we're just talking real business. It's like, Hey, Hey, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your business? Um, it's some coaching, it's some feedback. And a lot of it is just them sharing their story. So we drop those Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then Thursdays is kind of, uh, just, an interview. So it'd be like an interview like this or a documented episode of one of our team meetings at Green Again. So I know, I know that's a lot and that's why I, I say we're still trying to hone in on our, our true value add, but we stick to that rhythm every week. So yeah. growth segment, growth nugget, couple interviews, and, and we do that weekly. Well, that sounds like a lot of great content that you're sharing with the community. So thank, thank you for that. And also thank you for sharing everything that you yeah. did on this episode for sure. So, um, but before we go, I just wanted to, I have a fun new segment of my own that I've been doing recently and I, I don't want anyone, I don't want to let any, let anyone down if they've been listening to the recent episodes. So I've got something called pod decks. <laughs> okay. Um, so this, this is something okay. fun, you know, for podcasters, you might want to look into it. I don't know. I'll, I'll uh, forward you my, um, my affiliate code. <laughs> Wink, wink. But, um, cool. but no, so it's called pod decks and they've got all kinds of cool, cool things, whether it's, um, a pod deck for, um, episode ideas, a pod deck for interview questions and all kinds of fun stuff. So, plus they have an app and everything. Um, so what we normally do is when we're live on the show, I have everyone, you know, pick or whoever, you know, one guest or multiple guests, everyone picks, you know, the cards at random, but when it's over the phone, you just have to trust that I'm picking it at random, which may or may not be the case. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> we'll just, there's, they're just fun, lighthearted, <laughs> they're just fun, lighthearted questions that have nothing to do with lawn care landscaping, though, though you could tie them into, you know, depending on what the question is. But like, for example, one question here is who is your favorite hero of fiction? You know, just something fun. Right. Um, and then some of them are a little more ph yeah. philosophical, like, you know, what's your biggest regret or something like that. So, um, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead cool. and, you know, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and, and um, air quote, you know, um, quote unquote, pick one at random here. So uh, here's one says, which living person do you most admire? Which living person do I most admire? Like right now, my wife raising raising our two toddlers. That's awesome. You're, you're the second person that I that has gotten that question and, and has said, or I think it was a similar question to that, that has said that. So that's kudos to you, man, from, from man to man, husband to husband, father to father, um, you know, podcaster to podcaster, you know, so on and so forth, lawn bro to lawn bro. We can go down that, the whole list there. We, we, we have a lot of commonalities, <laughs> but awesome. And, 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 um, great job at, you know, saying that. So, uh, good, good job there. Yeah. She's a superhero, man. What, what she does every day. I don't know how she puts up with me and them and then <laughs> still somehow raises them to be godly girls. I, I love it. Cool. Yeah, well, much, much respect to you. Um, so the, the next one is, which words or phrases do you most overuse? I've been told I use knock it out of the park a lot, ride on. I use bro a lot. I use <laughs> bud a lot. Um, dude, I don't know. <laughs> those, those are the ones that I get called out on a lot. That's all I know. Nice. Well, yeah, I know you kind of touched upon it before, um, or I don't, you may have touched upon it. You touched upon some previous jobs, but this question is what's the worst job you've ever had? I'm sure you had more than just a few that you shared, right? <laughs> the worst job I ever had, <laughs> um, uh, probably patching floors at the Ford plant, just filling holes with epoxy all night long. At the Ford plant? Ford, like F, like the, the, yeah. the car, the vehicles? Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a contract job, limited, limited time there, but I'm not built to just be 
hunker down on my knees on a concrete floor. I'm, I've got bad knees. I'm, my mom had double ACL surgery. My grandpa's had double knee replacement. So that was, that was brutal. Definitely worst job. Wow. Yeah, that sounds brutal. All right. So the last one here, <laughs> the last one is what's left on your bucket list? Oh my gosh, man. How much time do you have? I have a lot <laughs> left on my bucket list. Oh, geez. Well, well, well let, um, let, let's pick two things. <laughs> what, what two things are left on your bucket list? Two things on my bucket list. I want to take my wife to Spain nice. and then I want to take my family on like a, a three month air, airstream camping trip around the U.S. Airstream, Airstream, that sounds familiar. Is that like the little camping type thing? Like an RV or something? Yeah, it's like the little little silver RV campers. There you go. Silver bullet type thing. Yep. That's cool. I I, I thought about not, you know, I I wasn't necessarily branding my my vision like you do with Airstream, but um, I've always thought about like just rent, because you can just like rent RVs and stuff, you know, just like, just like, like you see a lot of, a a lot of cool classic movies, you know, they're usually like comedies because people, it's like a a train wreck, but um, you know, it's, it's, this sounds like fun to me (laughs) to be able to travel around with the family and, and just drive around and go try just like, look at, just explore the country, you know, I mean, every state's got its own thing yep. plus you know you're together and all kinds of adventure things but you know there's you know i said that to my wife before and she's like yeah well, well what are you gonna do about work you know what i mean like what what, what are you gonna do and i'm like well yep. i guess i have to have a, a strong enough crew that can rely on that can, that doesn't have to rely on me to get this stuff done and problem solve and all that so i can step away from from the business for a couple of weeks and just kind of travel around you know the the country you know but Yep. We're, we're, we're far from that right do now. It, man. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. That's the goal. Uh, that, that's the goal. But we're, we're, we're far from that. My goal is to have a couple of crews that are self-sustained, you know, and I'm just in the background doing my thing and, and helping where I need to and really focusing just more on the, the, um, you know, the top, the top line or, or the, the top, the high level, you know, business stuff and, and, you know, any customer service stuff I got to yep. do and things like that. So, so I can focus on more yep. things yep. like family. You'll, you'll get there, man. You'll, yeah. You'll- Oh yeah, yeah. I well, I, I have, have five-year goals, so it's I kind of break them down in five years. Yeah. I'm I'm at the first one here with which was get ready to have employees at year five. So I'm I'm at year seven now, and I've had employees for a couple of years for one crew. So I need to Perfect. seal that, button that up, get a good crew leader, and then move on to crew number two. So, but yeah, it takes yeah. time. Yeah, for exactly, sure. exactly. Well, I know I know we don't have time here, but <clears throat> if anything resonated with your audience, I, I would love to eventually come back on as people are hiring or they have more questions and, and talk delegating because it's really more simple than people think. Uh, I only go off of three things, trust, competence, and then is it bottlenecking me? So if I trust the person and they're competent in it and it's bottlenecking our growth, I delegate it every time. Nice. Maybe we can unpack that eventually. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, in the meantime, I was going to ask where, where can people reach out to you if they have any questions, you know, after listening to this or they just want to kind of get, you know, get to know you better or whatever, just they want to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, man, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. I hope, hope your audience has enjoyed it and gotten some value out of it and hung on through my random stories and rambling. <laughs> Um, to extract some value through through all the mud that I threw at the wall. But definitely go over, give our podcast a listen. Um, subscribe if you enjoy it, Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Um, that way we can hang out with you and you'll get all of our updates there. And then just we're, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok. Just search Lawn Care Leaders. Um, so that's the easiest way to stay up to date. And then we've got our lawn care leaders coaching and community. And we're in the process of rebranding that and updating the, the community aspect of that. But we'll have our audio and video courses up there along with a place to hang out. So if you are a client, um, our community has access. It's not a, it's not a Facebook group, but it's built like that. So you can bounce ideas off of each other and uh, kind of grow as a community. So, content is great, but people want to hang out and grow together. And if you've ever been to a conference or like done uh, 
Well, you you put on an event. Yeah. Brian puts on an event. If you if you've ever been to one of those things, it's so valuable just hearing guys' stories and talking to them and and being able, being able to ask them real honest questions. So much value in that, and so that's what we're trying to build a platform around um, around our brand. Well, thanks for sharing, and thanks for taking time out of your the the end of your day um, to to share all that. Uh, I wish you all the best with with the beginning of this season. It's coming fast and furious, and um, hopefully, we'll have a a prosperous and you know growth another growth year here. And I wish you all the best. And I'll let you get going, so we can get back. We can get to family time. It's it's getting about that time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wish you wish you the best too, man. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed this. No problem, man. Take care. I'll talk to you next time. I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, the Ramp Rack. I personally have used the Ramp Rack for one whole season. It's been a game changer for my business. If you're looking to level up your lawn maintenance business, mowing crews, instead of pulling a trailer through all these tight neighborhoods, you can be super efficient, time-saving, just going from yard to yard, neighborhood to neighborhood without pulling a trailer, everything on your truck, utilizing the ramp rack. I've got a few different videos on my YouTube channel, LCR Lawn Care Rookie. You can check those out. Also, the Ramp Rack does a phenomenal job on their on their website, giving all kinds of information, pictures. You can reach out to them with questions. Go ahead and check out the Ramp Rack if you are looking to level up your lawn maintenance business like I did. All of their information and links are in the show notes. Hey guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.